0: When you're talking about purposeful employment, and you're then now here I am saying you got to go back and deal with the issues that might have been in your career and your work. You know, it sounds out of bounds, but it is very relevant to discerning who you are and what you're to do to be fully purposeful. Hey, we're excited to dive
1: into this stimulating conversation with John McCarthy. You know, at Voca, we know that navigating work surfaces deep issues for us relative to identity and purpose. And so this is the Career Navigator podcast where we deliver the insights you need to discover and travel God's path to the best next for your career. I'm Dr. Chip Roper, I'm your host. We believe that no one needs to walk alone through career transition, and I'm not alone. I'm delighted to be joined by my co-host, Ken Kennard.
2: Hey everyone, good to see you.
1: and, And Sarah Evers. Hello. And now Ken is gonna tell us a little bit about our guest.
2: So our guest today is John McCarthy and our interview with John was recorded on March 19th, 2021 with a live virtual audience. John's an entrepreneur. He's out to disrupt how people look at success. John first established a nonprofit while in college to transform students through retreats focused on deep self-awareness. And since then, his purpose has been to disciple individuals towards self-discovery around how they're made, who made them, and how to find purpose at work. As a young businessman, John launched AGI Management, a recruitment firm focused on changing the hospitality industry's landscape, an industry known for high turnover. Through the 15 years of growing AGI Management to be a top agency in their niche, John and his team developed a process to walk with job seekers towards a more thorough purpose-seeking process. And this process is the foundation of John's book, The Purpose Promise. John lives with his family in Cincinnati, Ohio, where they play sports and invest in their community.
3: But today's conversation with John covers several implementable takeaways for the job seeker and answers questions like, which beliefs guide your behaviors? And which, what role might contemplation and meditation play in your job search? Answering questions like these is critical to successful job transition. So we built the Career Navigator Coaching Program to equip you to identify and land the ideal job for you. The 10-level program moves from self-discovery to messaging to job search technique. It uses online learning, personal assessment, and live coaching to drive progress. Each level is infused with biblical wisdom to anchor your job journey in your faith. A key part of the career navigator is understanding how god designed you and what solutions you bring to a potential employer this connects with the idea of purpose and john has some best practices for the job seeker to explore their why
2: that's right sarah and it's normal for people in job search to be experiencing a wide range of emotions isn't it you Some people might be relieved to have gotten out of a toxic work environment or other people might just feel hopeful about the future. What's that next job gonna be like? Um, Some people might be feeling some urgency, even a bit of panic, they gotta get a job right now. Um, But for most of us, it's an opportunity to pause, to reconnect, what is my purpose in life? But how can we focus on our purpose if we're nervous about paying the bills and we're concerned about how much time we can go without a steady income? So I'm curious what John has to say about what value there might be in calling a timeout to get clear on what's really important in our lives.
1: Yeah, I'm interested in that as well. you know, job loss and job transition, where we lack a sense of control, that lack of control raises existential questions for us. Questions like, who am I? What am I supposed to do with my life? Why does my life matter? And so I look forward to hearing, you know, what steps John has to recommend for gaining clarity on quandaries like these.
0: Well, thank you. It's awesome to be here with you yeah, all. Yeah, welcome, John. Um,
1: Sarah's already given us some sense of who you are, but give us some more. Tell us like a little bit about where you're originally from. Um, you know, your background, how you got into the work that that you did, especially some of those early decisions in your career, and and maybe what what the faith journey's been like.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Chip. Yeah, so um, right out of college, I started a recruiting firm that was focused on the restaurant industry and through some uh, learning and growing in that field, just got to learn a lot about what people uh, view as success and what they were running after in an industry, as Sarah talked about, that was very notable for high turn and um, went on from that particular job to start my own that was focused a little bit more on the strategy of not just helping people find jobs that would be a revolving door, but really helping them find what their purpose was so they could find purposeful employment. And God's just really blessed it. And so to your point, Chip, just looking at, you know, how the Lord has has led me to where I am today, you know, there's certain times in your life, Kairos moments, where you just say, wow, that was a gift that God gave me and I gotta really consider how to steward this and uh, through the process of placing thousands of people in different jobs and seeing two particular things take place in the last decade. One was what I call the commoditizations of humans, specifically in this restaurant industry where we would see uh, clients that used to be very relationally focused call us, called up and we'd talk about the right job fit and they'd say, hey, we just need a warm body. And that really broke our heart and um, really set the course for us to try to build into organizational leaders on what it looks like to have a high retention, high performance team that would be more purposeful. And then the second is we started to quantify uh, when people would come to us for jobs, obviously we'd ask them a variety of questions so that they could discern what they were looking for that they weren't currently seeing. And we started to realize that almost 75% of people that we were interviewing did not have a full degree of clarity of what they wanted. And doesn't matter how fast we could get somebody to their destination of their new job if they weren't going to the right place. So we had to peel back a little bit and say, how do we come around these two problems? And uh, that's where the purpose promise came from.
1: How did you choose recruiting in the first place, you know, right out of college? And then and then I'd actually, say it more or, or less. Chose me. Yeah. How did that happen? Is yeah. There a story so story behind that?
0: Not a good one. First interview, first place I interviewed out of college. and uh, I kind of fell in probably to what I tell people not to do now. Um, and I took the job and the rest is history. So funny, the course that the Lord's laid. How about faith? Where did that? I mean, has
1: that always been part of your life? Did it as it ebbed and flowed? Where did the, how has that
0: presented itself along the way? Yeah, in two different ways, Chip. One is um, my faith upbringing was predominantly in the Catholic realm and specifically had a lot of Jesuit education. And one of the things that I hold near and dear to my walk with the Lord is the contemplative lifestyle. And from an early age started retreating. And that's still a discipline and an intentionality that is just so important to my walk with the Lord. And it's really part of what The Purpose Promise is, is how we walk with people so that they can ask the right questions about how they're made and what an intentional life of purpose looks like before they go out and try to find new jobs. And then the second is uh, when I was a young entrepreneur at age 24, I realized pretty quickly in the trenches that uh, ambitious and ignorant was a really bad duo. So I uh, sought out other brothers and sisters in the body of Christ that were wiser business leaders. And through At Work on Purpose, which we share a lot of uh, circles with here, a ministry that's mission is to mobilize the marketplace for Christ here in Cincinnati, I just found some great mentors. And um, since then, I've, I've never segregated uh, work in, and God, i i really see it as an integrated aspect of every part of my being, and uh, and that's made a huge impact on my my vocational journey. John, you still look like a young entrepreneur. <laughs> I don't know if that's <laughs> well, really I'm older, right. you
1: still look like a young entrepreneur. Um, that's really that's no, it's, it's great to hear kind of how these things uh, have have you know, all these experiences come into what you now call the Purpose Promise. And uh, it's in your book, which is by that title, which you have a copy here. Um, you guys can put a link to that in the chat, but tell us more about it. Like what, what are some of the key components of the Purpose Promise? Uh, we'll just, I'll just leave it there. I won't ask you six questions at once. Let's just do that. What give us kind of the, the guts of this. What's the, what's the core?
0: Sure. So, you know, we consider a good purpose-seeking process, a good career-seeking process, like the alphabet, A to Z. And the vast majority of the career counseling world will go after what we consider the N to Z, which is the interview tips and the resume writing, all of which are important. But what the purpose promises, we believe, is really a a very how-to the A to M process, defining what purpose looks like for you before you go try to find work. And it's a compilation of your complete life. And essentially it's a 10-day retreat process, 30 to 45 minutes self-directed retreat process where somebody will go from a place of having a lack of complete clarity of what their purpose is and how to find purposeful employment into a one-page document that will say, wow, all of, this asp- all of these aspects of who I am goes into what i should do and that's really what's in the book
1: wow so how long did it take for you like you said that you got into recruiting and you realize you're trying to place people that don't even know where they're going so it's like time out we need to take a step back um and so you saw the need you know what happened in between seeing the need and writing a book
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of contemplation for myself of how uh, I was living in my purpose and intentionality to make sure that I was walking the walk before I could talk the talk. And I I, I write about this a lot in in the book, just the authentic journey for me, which is still a journey. You know, that's the one thing that I I really want to share is that finding purpose is not a destination. It's an ongoing life's journey. And uh, I was contemplating that this week as I was with a mentor and just got real convicted about something that I was running after that wasn't of the Lord and really wasn't purposeful. Um, So what took place, Chip, is just trying, trying it with people, asking the right questions, watching God work through other people's stories and including myself, and then trying to synchronize that into a process. That's great. Yeah, As
1: as I've leafed through your book, it seems like there's a lot of you're, you're inviting people to do a lot of work looking back, you know, mining their past. It's There's probably some elements that are directly connected to the contemplative uh, approach uh, to spirituality. Say more about that. You know, there's, there's definitely a whole chorus of people that say the past is the past. You know, let's get on with the future. And they like to quote Paul who says, you know, I forget what lies behind. And they you know, put a Bible verse on it. So tell us. Take us there, What what's the case for looking back and what do people discover
0: when they do? Yeah, Chip, I'll break that down into two two fronts. One is the psychological component and the other is the spiritual. I'll start with psychological and just how our mind works when we're thinking about what we should do in life. You know, the world will measure our behaviors and our actions, right? But we know psychologically that the way we behave is derived from our thoughts and feelings and our thoughts and feelings are derived from our beliefs and our beliefs are founded in our memories and when we haven't spent the time to go back and really unearth the memories and you're right it's work i mean we know that it takes a lot of intentionality and a lot of um, right mindfulness to do that a lot of prayer Um, Then when we unearth our memories, then we're able to say, is that the belief I want to hold about success and integrating my whole life into my work? And then I can take captive my thoughts and feelings and have the right behaviors. And so it's just an alignment process psychologically of how we actually think cognitively. And on a spiritual front, um, you know, we... We have a lot of things that lie in our past. I believe that if we don't bring to the Lord, and and I I appreciate the ideal of moving uh, forward, but I think our past tells us a lot. And I think we see this biblically all over the Word. And so I call it the trilogy of time. And it's really fascinating if we look at, you know, faith, hope, and love. Let's just take faith, hope, and love, right? And say, you know, faith is usually derived on what's happened in the past. And... Hope is usually a component of what we hope for in the future, and how we operate in the present is our love. So just even that part of looking at the trilogy of time compared to the three greatest attributes there, uh, I think gives us a lot of merit to digging back and doing the hard work in the past.
1: That's really good, and I'll just, I'll put a, a like I I guess an, an amen piece on this. You know, Paul did say we press on, but... He also was very, he also expressed frequently where he came from, you know, uh, that he was a, he persecuted the church, chief of sinners, like he didn't forget where he came from. It's, it's just, that's how he moved forward. So I think, I, I wasn't actually being contrarian and asking that question, I'm, I'm with you, I'm with you on that.
3: The Career Navigator is our solution to the chaos and random nature of job search. The Career Navigator is offered in two versions, The individual version gives the most attention to you with a personal coach who guides you through the entire process. There's also a cohort version where you join others in a small group to help each other along the way. Both versions start with personal discovery and learning how to communicate your value before launching you into information interviews and applying for jobs.
2: So if you or someone you know is in the middle of a job search or you want to find and follow your calling, check out the Career Navigator at vocacenter.org slash career navigator. We'll put that link in the show notes.
1: Well, I mean, what kind of epiphanies do people have who go through this process?
0: Yeah, well, to that past piece, which is really fascinating. I mean, a lot of this um, discernment process of purpose and what I should do with my life has to do with hearing God's voice. Right? and putting yourself in a posture of hearing his voice, which I believe is reducing noise and putting yourself into retreat or asking the right questions and the right boundaries around hearing his voice. But one of the, uh, the biggest barriers in my life to hearing God's voice and, and discernment is a lack of forgiveness. And whether it's forgiveness of oneself, which we would call shame, or forgiveness of others, which we'd call resentment, or forgiveness of God, of something that's taken place. It's so valuable when you go back, and very hard to make sure that that uh, forgiveness is really handled. And so, you know, when you're talking about purposeful employment, and you're, you now, now here I am saying you got to go back and deal with the issues that might have been in your career and your work. You know, it sounds out of bounds, but it is very relevant. To discerning who you are and what you're to do to be fully purposeful. Uh, so, from an epiphany standpoint, one of the things that we love to do is really help people determine their success myths. This is something that we see that the world really puts on us. You know, that success is this or success is that. And those are usually deeply, deeply rooted in us and often come from our childhood. And so one of the epiphanies that we love to just experience and then walk people through is, what do you believe success is and where did you gain that belief? And particularly, Chip, the, one of the questions that I, um, being a man, really enjoy walking with other men into is, is the understanding of their father and how their father really dictated a certain view of success. And for the ladies on the call, I know that that's applicable as well. But my personal passion is walking with men into that.
1: No, well, that's really good. I mean, it's not something we would typically put into a work conversation. But you know, think about how's for how's a lack of forgiveness blocking my clarity. Um, boy, I think that's really powerful. Because, and I think, you know, we would say we would say like in relationships, right? You go from. You you're, you go from a, you have a bad relationship and then you just you just think moving on is going to make it better and a lot of times you repeat it's like it becomes a rinse and repeat kind of a bad rinse and repeat kind of cycle but that can happen in work too and it sounds like you're creating a, a paradigm that um, could really help you know can really help focus help people break free of things that are blocking them I mean do you have some stories of, of where that's really happened and
0: yeah absolutely i mean yeah there's you know there's so much um work gives us a lot of our identity in this world and when there's trauma like we wouldn't consider it um maybe some of the aspects of trauma that we talk a lot about but those memories often carry a lot of weight as to what we think we are or not so um you know for instance i was with a a gentleman recently who um was was Riff during COVID. And he was coming to us particularly saying, and this was a large corporate company that he was downsized from. And it was due to COVID essentially, it wasn't performance related. And he had a long career with them. So there was, there was a lot of bitterness due to that decision that they made. And he's just like, I want out of the corporate vibe. I wanna go entrepreneurial. I wanna get into the gig economy. And I'm an entrepreneur, so I, I certainly want, wouldn't want to talk anybody out of that. However, I realized that he was going through a grief process and he was going through a traumatic experience. And again, back to the psychology of our mind, when we have a traumatic experience, that holds a lot of weight in our memory that creates a belief, that creates thoughts and feelings and then behaviors. So we peeled back with him and said, let's really walk into this true grief and this grieving cycle around what was a huge part of your identity for many, many years, and now it's not. And so instead of just running after what he thought he wanted, being able to peel back the onion so that he could distill his memory of that traumatic experience was really what he needed in order to define what purpose was, because quite frankly, he was built for corporate America. Interesting.
1: Now that's we've run into that. You know, one of the things that we do at Voca is we offer faith-based outplacement coaching, and uh, we were working with some folks who had been let go, and we actually think that in hindsight we we tried to engage with them too early. They 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 needed time to grieve, and um, you know we just kept running into it. It was really it was really interesting. So I really, you know, we've we've seen firsthand some of the things that you're saying. So it sounds like a tip, some typical challenges that you've already mentioned, you know, one's a lack of forgiveness and others, this grief, you know, the, there's things to grieve and process before you can really get on with, um, the future. Are there others? I mean, what, what are some other typical, you know, presenting pain points or challenges that people have when they come to you or they want to work through the, the purpose promise process?
0: Yeah, so there's certainly aspects of um, financial need and want that we find to be really healthy. We don't go through a deep dive. One of the days of the retreat is really uh, discerning with the Lord uh, the financial need and want component. And one of the ways that we set it up is really through the Lord's Prayer and looking at the four elements of wealth that the Lord uh, reflects on there. So we've got material needs and wants, which we're gonna say is daily bread, but there, then there's the relational aspect, right? So throughout the Lord's prayer you see, you know, forgive us, are, right? So we're talking about living in community and the relational purpose that we should all be thinking about when we're seeking purpose and purposeful employment. And then there's the motivational drive, the motivational wealth, lead us not into temptation, right? What are we motivated by that could be a temptation that until unearthed could drive what we think we should do in life, but once we get a better handle on what are my true beliefs of success and what tempts me? What tempts me to move off my purpose? It's a really important component of this. And then of course, the spiritual spiritual aspect of realizing who the Father says you are and how that bleeds in to how you should operate and what you should do. So those are four pieces that we just uh, we find really valuable to distill with people. That's great.
1: Um, one last question for me, and then we're going to open it up to questions from the audience. Um, how, how has the pandemic shaped the work you're doing? Or, you know, what are, are there different cases, you know, different challenges being presented? Is it, you know, just what's how's that? How's that spin weaving its way through the your context
0: chip and we share this a little bit you know we we have a desire to help everyone in this space and we've created processes that are in the Maslow's triangle hierarchy of needs are mostly about self-actualization and self-esteem and what I've learned the most about or higher right what I've learned the most about this year is how to not push that conversation if the lower needs are not met to make sure that somebody's not ready to talk about self-esteem and self-actualization in the hierarchy of needs if their safety and security needs aren't met, if their physiological needs aren't met, if their love and belonging needs aren't met, which in some form or fashion, most of us have had to wrestle with this past year. Um, So, to go through the process of questioning with somebody of you know first off where are you at in your physiological need provision where are you at in your safety and security especially around you know when you've got the threat of a global pandemic and then where are you at in your love and belonging when you know we can't reach out and touch each other like we used to as a precursor to the the other conversations that's been the biggest uh learning for me this
2: year
1: All right, guys, let's process a little bit what we've heard. You know, for me, I appreciate the way John advocates a healthy awareness of the past. You know, some of us have bought into an erroneous notion that we just need to plow ahead. Here's the bottom line. Our experiences in the past, family experiences, work experiences, school experiences, they shape our sense of what's possible and desirable in terms of the future, particularly as it relates to our work. So we need to mine the past but not live there we go back to go forward. So a question to ponder is this, what wounds and affirmations from my past shape the way I approach my work today? And perhaps, what steps do I need to take to actually get past the past and move on to the future that God has for me?
3: Mm, Yeah, well, I hear that Chip, and building on that takeaway, I was taken with John's view on faith, hope, and love as the trilogy of time. It's been a really fresh perspective for me. And it's been guiding my prayer life in this season as I reflect back on what God did in my past and what I long for in the future and how I want to believe and behave in the present. Goodness, if our, if our day-to-day behaviors were truly guided by God-inspired love, we'd have a different workplace and a different world. Uh, but the greatest of these is love. I was also encouraged by John's contemplative approach because it challenges most of us who thrive on the hurry, busy uh, approach. He's inviting us to consider how we might reduce the noise and learn to hear God's voice during this time of transition.
2: Wow, that's good. I mean, hearing God's voice, you you need to call a timeout sometimes for that, right? I mean, he, he comes from this retreat business originally that he created. So let's go back to my original question. Is a timeout worth it? Is it always needed? Um, and reflecting on that, I don't think everyone always needs a timeout just because they're in job search. There's, I know that there are job seekers who have an existing job and they find the next one and it really fits and they know it's the next thing. I don't think just because they're changing jobs, they necessarily need that timeout. But, but for most of the job seekers that I work with, it really is an ideal opportunity to step back and get some spiritual clarity on what could make the rest of my career journey more fruitful. And it can really give you confidence that when you do make that next switch, that you're really moving in the right direction.
1: So one thing we've built into the Career Navigator is an opportunity to slow down and get clear on how God has made you. And we, the way we do it is we offer objective assessments. These assessments give you scientific data on your natural abilities, and they show you how to use them to build skills and offer value in the workplace. For example, you can discover why you've been successful in certain work situations, and why you've experienced difficulty in others. We really are able to fill in the why for you as you assess your career journey looking back and your path forward. It's really eye-opening. So if you're in a job transition now or contemplating one in the near future, sign up today for a free consultation at vocacenter.org slash career navigator.
3: As we close, I invite you to join us live. Every Career Navigator podcast is recorded in front of a live virtual audience. Plan to join us and shape the conversation with your questions. Visit vocacenter.org webinar to sign up for the next live episode. The Career Navigator podcast is brought to you by VOCA Center, where we bring God's wisdom to work.